Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And I was actually on a little bit early. I was so honored to be a surprise guest for Law Talk for um, John Matulis, who I just respect so much. He is such a good man, an excellent attorney, and um, he's the kind of person that would take his shirt off his back for someone. So we have been talking for almost a decade about doing a little bit of a crossover show between the two of us, between Law Talk and Pet Talk, and I think... Um, hopefully, uh, those of you that tuned in a little bit earlier um, were, were able to hear that, and it, we like doing it, so we may do that a little bit more often. So, having said that, I, I do want to um, allow Kevin, uh, my wonderful producer, to open up the phone lines, and that so we can take as many phone calls as possible. We'll do that. And again, this is the veterinary edition. I think I what I talk about best is the uh, medical side of things, but we also understand what things are, what issues that uh, tie in with behavior. Not, I'm not talking about training. That is something that Lori Fass will will discuss when you have your was your training your puppy and your kittens, but Behavior itself is many times tied in to the medical well-being of a pet, and we do a lot of that in veterinary medicine as well. But you can talk or call about anything. I'm, I'm happy to do that. I, I did want to just, uh, I, as you know, I usually try to bring something that is timely to the show right off the bat uh, at the beginning of the, at least the first five minutes or so. And, and that has to do with this is the month of September and September is technically the National Disaster Preparedness Month. And you know, yes, we're focusing on humans with, as safety, but I don't want to forget the well-being of our four-legged companions. You know, at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital, we recognize the importance of proactive planning to safeguard the lives of our dearly beloved pets. And and you if you're prepared, and I know Hurricane Lee is out there in the the Atlantic Ocean, I always feel that if we prepare, then we're going to be in good shape and things aren't going to happen. So it's all about being ready for that, for that next disaster. And right, because hurricane season and we live on the, on the East coast, 
uh, we we do have to know. I mean, that things can happen. I, I was just reading about Hurricane Irene. Cannot believe that was 12 years ago. But I remember how scary it was. And part of the issue was, you know, people not knowing where they could go with their pets. And and we'll talk about that throughout the show. The other thing was um, when the hurricane and the flooding hit the, the, the state of Louisiana and New Orleans and parts of Texas, how many people stayed at home, died, they lost their lives because they would not leave their pets. And I think that woke up this, this um, the United States woke up our federal government talking about so that we knew how can we keep people safe because many times they don't want to leave their home anyways, but they definitely don't want to leave their pets behind. And that was such a lesson um, going back um, to that horrible time. So a couple of things I want you to do ahead. Okay, so let's plan. That's what this is all about, planning. First of all, I want you to have your medical records together on your pet. If you don't have your vaccines up to date for your cat and dog, if you need a boarding facility, if you, again, needing to go to one of these shelters, that people are going to want proof that especially rabies is up to date. So if you really have not been up to date on these type of things, reach out to your veterinarian and see what you need. Because if you can get those things done ahead of time, you're not going to be rushing last minute. Have the, if you have like a diabetic dog or cat, and this also goes for horses as well and and other animals that you have at home. But for instance, if you do have a diabetic, you don't necessarily need a full medical record from your veterinarian, but you do need, just summarize some of the things. Oh, this is the medicine you get, he's arthritic, or she has diabetes, or we have something called Cushing's disease and we're on medication. So have those things, that paperwork, just write it down when you're not rushing, when you're not stressed. We've got, we talk time and time again about how important that I want you to add on your list is making sure your pets are microchipped. With the, if we do end up getting a horrible storm here um, and the winds and animals get out of a certain situation, then you know they will panic and they will just run. And the microchipping gives them that permanent ID. Going to another area of food and water, I always recommend having at least a week's worth of food and put it in an airtight container, preferably waterproof as well. Have water available for your pets, just specifically for your pets. You know, don't think, oh, I'll share some of my water. Just kind of put a supply for you, your family, and 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 your pets. I do think that some people do have first aid kits together. That is not as critical. Uh, as just making sure that we've got their medical records and their food and water. But if you are going to put a first aid kit together, you can do you know cotton bandage rolls, the bandage tape and scissors. I like antibiotic ointments in there. I always have one ready to go, so that's where I'm talking. I always make sure my flea and tick medication for my pets are there. And I, I also like to use a little, have some isopropyl alcohol. I have those little swabs that come in little packets i have those all all set so i'm i'm always prepared for that just in case if you can talk to the people that love you if you can talk to neighbors it would be nice to have that dialogue because yes you may have to go to a shelter but if for some reason you can't find a shelter that you can go to, but your and but your pets can't. If you know someone that's willing to take them, or you too, but that would be the best situation. 
to kind of talk to people that would be willing to open their house to you. I was um, down by the shore, and someone that we, we know said, well, we have a generator, so if you ever need to come down, and you, because we don't, but if you ever need it, just, we, you're always welcome here. And I, so we, ha- and your pets are welcome here. So if you can have that dialogue with people, let's do that now. Also make sure you have a crate or a pet carrier. Most of these shelters that will accept you and your pets are not going to allow you to come in without a crate or definitely cats without a carrier. Um, so that's ideal, even if you can borrow one. So if you have, because some of these, if you've got a, a Great Dane, you know, that's weighing 140 pounds, those are those crates are, are kind of on the expensive side. But if you can, you can find used ones online, you can... Um, you know, talk, again, talking with people. We actually at the at Bloomfield Animal Hospital, people have been very generous over the years, and we have a lot of cat carriers that people just say, hey, we don't need it anymore. Pay it forward. Give it to someone that can use it. So talk to your veterinarian about that. And don't remember, we got to keep everything clean too, right? Make sure you have an extra box of cat litter and a litter box for your kitty cats. Those little plastic bags to make sure you pick up the stool. I also have a, a little container of Clorox wipes that I just have handy. I, I Again, those are in my car, too. Uh, so those things have a bag for, for sanitation as well. And one of the last things that I think is important is if you can take a picture of your pet, an updated picture, and ideally one of the two of you together, or if you have more than one one animal at home so that people can kind of put the faces together, but have an update picture of them. And that will really, knowing, you know, their age, the, the what, what color, because some people, sometimes the pictures don't always come. That's how you want to have that nice description. And then if you still have room, yes, you can bring their bed and some treats and some toys. But I'm trying to talk about the really um, specific items that can really help you find a good place, safe place. And the other thing is that call your town. Let's do that this week. If something were to happen and my home is not safe for me to be in, where in town can I go? Um, and, and every town is different. I think a few years ago we had some pretty good success. Um, it was more down by the shore that was hit by the, the winds and the water, but I don't think we had anybody being turned away. All the pets found a good place to stay safe. So if you need to evacuate, please do so and bring your pet with you, but have these things ready to go. Okay. All right. So I guess this is a good time for a quick break and then Mark, we're going to go ahead and take your call. We get back, and Joe, you'll be next. Thank you. Welcome back. Yes, it is September, and we are talking about how we have to be aware because it is a month of being prepared, being prepared for any disaster that may or may not happen. And I am a believer that it's not going to happen <laughs> if you're prepared. Hi, welcome back. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Boomfield Animal Hospital. And I was um, talking about having your little kits together, things to do, have your checkoff list. Uh, there are some good good information online. We also have one, uh, a good little 
uh, sort of summary of, of this conversation on our website, which is BloomfieldAnimalHospitalCT.com. And um, it, it just get your pets ready to go, if, if at all possible. So um, I promise to take some phone calls here. So I want to make sure. Um, Mark, are you there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Now I can. Now I can. I think we're good. How are you? Good. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. Good. I got two very quick questions. Um, just wound up um, purchasing two bulldog puppies. I've had bulldogs prior, and um, I bought two brothers. They were litter mates. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I bought them from a, a nationally known breeder out in the Midwest. They had a pet nanny fly them in for me, and nice. my wife and I picked them up, and they're great dogs. First question I have for you is um, they are still sleeping together in the same crate, 12 weeks old now. And when we separate them and put them in separate crates, even though the crates are still next to each other, you would swear the world was ending. I mean, screaming, barking, you know, crying the whole bit. Until they wind up getting back together, you know, that's when they're happy. How long long (laughs) should we allow them to be in the same crate? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I mean they could always be in the same crate uh, if you had a big enough crate for them. Um, I take it they're very good about keeping it clean. One's not going to the bathroom because they are in their crate. They're good about holding it. Oh, they're they've been good. Knock on wood. So far, they've been good. They're okay. um, they've been with us now. Today is our fifth week with them. Yeah. And um, you know, they get along great, except there are times when they're. You know, they're at each other a little bit, and they love playing tug-of-war with each other, this, that, and the other thing. But, right. um, Well, when that happens you know, and you, if you separate them, are they, did they whine then as well? No, not when we separate okay. them and they're not behind locked doors. I mean, we right. separate them to their own, you know, own, say, neutral corners, so to speak. Okay. But they, they behave themselves once they're separated, but... If they're not in the same crate overnight, no one's sleeping in the house. Yeah, and that's, um, and I assume your crate is like, because they make crates that just look like, you know, it's just slats. You know, it's not an airline crate that has kind of. Oh, no, 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 no. They could see all the way around. Okay. It's a 48-inch crate. It's, you know, it's big, but they're getting bigger. I mean, they're 20, 22 pounds already each, and they're, they're just about. 13 12 13 weeks yeah so. i think we, i think it's this is not a really a, a quick question i think again it's um because of the fact that it if you definitely want them in two separate crates you don't want them to be adults together um as you know as time goes on then mm-hmm. i think it's going to have to be to be gradual and i would you would probably going to have to use a leash um involved with that um hopefully that even when one goes maybe for a walk that's separated from the other and the other one goes in the crate by itself to see without seeing the other puppy. I would probably start there and see how are we so that you use your, I assume you're using more your crate more than just at night for sleep, for bedtime. You use it also during the day if you guys are busy? Yes, they're in the crate probably a couple hours during the day and then, you know, we get them out of there and then they're out for a couple hours then they go back in at 
Yeah. It, it's not just for overnight, you know. Yeah, I would. I really would start doing it separately, so that one may be um, out and about, and the other one is can be in the crate for a little, and then you switch off. I, I think that's oh. where I would start. Um, but okay. to have two side by side crates that are side and they're that dependent on each other, I you know. It, it, I'm not saying you have to go to any medications yet, any anti-anxiety <laughs> medications, but 12, a lot of that behavior already um, in that the, the um, sort of a socialization behavior and the attachment and the bonding, that generally really occurs at six to eight weeks of age. At 12 weeks, is it 12 or 14? I'm sorry. They're, they're 13 now. 13, so, yeah. okay. So we're almost kind of past that. And so if this is, we, we need to get to work. To try to develop a situation that's going to be, be good for you and your wife. Um, I okay. also okay. So let's try that to try to get that. It's almost like what I'm doing. I'm recommending with some of my pet parents that were home working during COVID and got a pet or got a puppy, and now they have to go back to work. So we're trying to get that slow acclimation to hey, I can be independent on my own, and I, I'll be fine. And, you know, maybe give a nice little, um, I love those Kongs, and put a little bit of that peanut butter in it. Keep them busy in the crate. Again, while one goes out for a short walk, I'm talking about three or four minutes, and then we switch off. So they can start getting that independence. But also, I'm in my crate by myself. Okay, great. That's where I would start. All right. All right. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, let's have a good, safe summer. The rest of the summer. (laughs) Yeah, I think that is um, it's pretty critical when we've got in that the undue behavior that just really isn't isn't accepted. Also, to Mark, I would recommend talking with your veterinarian if this start this guidance isn't enough. We do have some veterinary um, professional veterinarians that specialize in behavior that um, can, can help us. But I do think you can get this done. I, I, I really do. But not always having them together. Let's have a little bit of independence would be ideal. So um, having said that, I know we're going to have a news coming up shortly. But hey, um, hey, Joe, good morning. Oh, no. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you doing? Well, I'm go, doing okay, Joe. How are you? Not bad. Quick thing, if you're going to give them peanut butter, make sure there's, there's no artificial sweeteners in you there. You got that right. Thanks for keeping uh, me honest. I got a situation. I, if you want, I could give you more detail off the air, but I got to get the medical thing first. Maybe I should... Okay, because we have about two minutes. Okay, okay here it goes. Rabies vaccinations. Uh, how soon, if you're not sure if it was giving, could you get another rabies vaccination. Okay. I, well, if you're not sure if it was given, well, it, it, it usually... If it, was, if it was supposed to say it was supposed to be given on uh, September 10th. Yeah. But you're not sure if it was done. It mm-hmm. may have been, it may not have been. Mm-hmm. I know I could do a titer test. I got to wait 21 days of that. They're quite expensive. Yeah. I... If I if revaccinate, first of all, is that wise to do that? No, I, I would just revaccinate. Is it a young dog or an adult dog? It's an adult dog, but no, is it, is it safe? What if he was vaccinated, say, September 6th? Yeah, yeah. then say I would wait a month. I would wait a month is my recommendation, but I would talk to your veterinarian. 
Right. Because and the reason I say that is because we have situations when we have um, when a dog is bitten. Say it's it's bitten by a right. a rabbit okay. raccoon. Right. You know you right. have to have that animal boosted. It doesn't matter when it was vaccinated. That animal has to be boosted right away. If you have a confirmed case of rabies, and I have never seen um, an allergic reaction because of that. I have never seen a problem with that. Um, but but again, I try. Um, you know, I understand. I understand. So, you know, but basically, that because I knew that I I thought it was a year. But you're saying no. if it was done two weeks before, you still have to reboost her. Yeah, we, that's what we have to do by by state law. So those and, uh, that's and another you statute. Problem with it? When never. They, I never have. But again, I think you know your dog, your client relationship with your veterinarian. I would double check with them first. Uh, okay, just to um, that's right, always right, what right. I, I fall back on. But I, you know, I relax about it. I don't panic about it. Again, it's I, I just want to. This is what we have to do, and this is what the state requires us to do. No, I understand, but you okay. haven't had a problem when no, you. No, I have that. not. Not, and I've been doing this for decades. Have not. All right, because it's it's a lot less expensive okay. than doing a tighter test. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Hey, sorry, Joe, but the news is that hard stuff. You should hear the rest of the story. Okay, well, when we put you on hold, we can do that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I guess there's a story. Um, So um, what I'm going to do is say time for the news. (laughs) We've got more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There's a party going on right here. A celebration to last I think the life year. is worth celebrating, so right? Don't you think, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin is my UConn grad as well. We're both UConn alums, and we had a little celebration this week for the men's Final Four champions that uh, in basketball this year, which was really excellent, and it was a nice time for all. Welcome back to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis, and I'm from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And I was on, I was a secret guest on uh, Law Talk today with uh, John Matulis. And again, I, I heard him talk about earlier in his show how it really is an honor and a, and a um, privilege to be here um, on the air with you. We give our opinions. We share what we think is going to be information that's going to help you in your lives. He, and usually it's human law, but again, as today he touched on um, pet law as well. Um, and so, again, we're just trying to help you be the best advocates for your pets here on, on um, Pet Talk here and talking about being prepared. But let's call. You can please call in with your questions at 860-522-9842. I have open phone lines, so this would be a great opportunity to do that. Uh, you can call about anything having to do with your pets. 
That's 860-522-9842. We talked earlier about being prepared for whatever disaster may hit. Uh, we, if you talk about climate change, we look at things that happened in Maui and things that just can be so unexpected. But if you are prepared, if you have a game plan for you and your pet, it would always be best if it could be a family member or friends nearby. That would be the ideal situation, even though we do have emergency shelters uh, available. Also important, and I know I'm reiterating this, call your local uh, where you live, the town in which you live, and say, what would happen if I did need a, a location? I remember that horror. I don't even know if it had a name. It was a horrible uh, storm in October, and, you know, it just, all the all the electricity went out, all the power went out for a week, and it was, it was devastating. So I think because of that, if with them, we've got Hurricane Lee in the Atlantic, and I can't remember the name of the one that's behind it, but we're on the East Coast here. So, you know, we have to be realistic. But let me talk a little bit about what happens, what could happen after a hurricane? What do you have to think about with your pets after a hurricane? And, you know, they bring heavy rains and many times flooding. And that actually can lead to an increased prevalence of illnesses such as heartworm. Because if it's moist and wet, especially muggy out there as it is, as it is today, we know that heartworm disease is transmitted by mosquitoes. So heartworm disease, we'll see an influx. There's also another um, disease called leptospirosis that we see, and it mainly occurs in little stagnant bodies of water. That's how pets pick it up. People can get it too, and people can get it from their pets. So you have to be, these are things that, this is my world. This is my world of medicine and illnesses and how do we prevent it. So with that, I, I think that what's make, but leptospirosis we can vaccinate for. There are many, many individuals that get vaccinated for that. And I see we do have a call coming in. We'll get you on there. But the other thing in heartworm, if you have to always make sure they get their heartworm preventative. Um, I like the once a month. I, I personally am not, this is just my personal opinion. I'm not, um, an advocate of the injection, there is an injection you can give every six months, but talk about that with your with your veterinarians. But keep them up to date with this. And then, then we have to talk about all sorts of parasites. You know, we have to worry about sometimes your food. That's why I talked about putting the dog food and the cat food in a waterproof container because we don't want it to get contaminated with mold and parasites and bacteria. Just think, how do we keep everything dry? That's kind of be our, our, our main goal. The other thing is we want to evaluate them after. You know, sometimes people feel like their pets are a little bit sluggish, and it must have been because of all the stress. You know, they're, they're not eating the same afterwards. Sometimes a little cough or a sneeze. Uh, maybe you'll see a little loose stool or diarrhea. You know, we can always kind of rationalize it in our minds that, oh, this must be because of all the stress they're going through. But if it goes on for more than a day or so, then I would say, no, let's have them examined by your veterinarian. I think that is really important and that is key. Let's not make an excuse for why we're seeing some of this change behavior and especially appetite. How many times have I talked about how appetite is just so, so important. So um, some guides, some things to think about as we talked earlier, what we're going to do to prepare for the storm and things to look out for after a storm hits. 
So I'm going to change places and um, talk with Ginger and let Ginger come up front. Hey, Ginger, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for answering my call. Sure, how can um, we help? Okay, I have two cats. They're two female cats that I adopted at the Connecticut Humane Society, and now they're eight and nine. Um, I don't know what's going on, but one of them, and I think I know which one it is, but I'm not sure, is not is pooping outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Well, when it first started, um, I got another box. Good. And I had two boxes. Yeah. And um, so maybe or maybe not that helped for a while. I really don't know. And um, and it's and it's not a good poop. It's kind of a mushy most of the time. Okay. And um, I finally I I got a rug. I put a tarp on a rug and put the the litter box in the middle of the tarp, and then I have the other box in the, in the original location. And, you know, I, it, so for a couple of days, it's good. And then if I go out of town, do, I have somebody that comes in every single day and stays with them for a while and changes their water and makes sure their food and everything's good. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know what to do because I have good rugs in the house and I'm getting sure. really nervous. Yeah. No, I don't. When you say, um, can I ask a couple of questions now, Ginger? Sure. Sure. So when you say outside the box, is it right near the box that we're going? Or is it in a different uh, room altogether? No, it's usually clo- around near the box within a foot or so. Okay. okay. So, and you said they're eight and nine years old. And how old were they when you got them? Uh, the four months and one year. Oh, my goodness. One- okay. Okay. Yeah, one was four months and one was one year. And I really, I got them because um, I do travel and I don't want the cat to, and they're indoor cats right, too. Right, And they get and, along. And I didn't, I, yeah, oh yeah, they're, they're fine. Okay. And, uh, that's why I'm not, fight, I'm not convinced they don't, this is They don't behavior. fight or anything. Yeah, that's why I don't think this is necessarily, now it can be, but I don't think this is necessarily a situation where it's the behavior between the two of them. That's causing it. When you say the stool is is mushy and that it's relatively close to the box, then I think the mushiness to me is is not normal. It's unacceptable in that that's usually a sign of something called enterocolitis. And it, it can come and go. It doesn't have to be every single stool. And then sometimes it's more persistent. But it can also be painful when they go. And if they associate hey, I went into that litter box and it hurt when I went. I know I have to go, but I'm not going to go back in that box. Sometimes they associate um, a medical condition that hurts and then they do something different behaviorally. Okay, that's one thing. So I do think if we can pinpoint which cat it is, it should, that stool should be examined and that cat examined. It, it, and again, there's great medications for it. Sometimes even di- dietary changes can help. But I think that's where you have to evaluate the kitty that's passing that loose stool. That, that really is, even though it's not all watery, but loose is not acceptable. Okay? I think it's the older one. I'm pretty sure because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm not 100%, but... I'm pretty sure it's the older one. Yeah, so then Ginger, I would t- say get if we can get 
to grab that a stool sample, call your veterinarian, make an appointment, and even start the appointment off. Like you can drop off the stool sample beforehand because you want to eliminate parasites. Now, even if they've been indoors and if, unless the stool was checked in the last six months, it's uh, it's kind of surprising, especially something called Giardia that can kind of just stick around for years sometimes before it really um, sort of shows its ugly head. But it's treatable. But then once they have that stool sample, um, the, the results in place, that really makes the appointment go a little bit smoother because you can eliminate, okay, say there are no, there is no Giardia, there are no parasites, then the doctor can kind of really concentrate on inflammatory bowel disease or something along those lines. But it can be helpful. Sometimes even using a probiotic can help, but I'm, that's what I think is going on. The other thing Cats that will go towards their litter box, usually their stools are normal, but they don't go in the box. It can be their anal sacs. They, they're just like the scent gland that a skunk has. Cats have two anal sacs, and if those are infected and those are painful, they will sometimes go outside of the box. And then the, the, the other thing, the behaviorists recommend that you should have a litter box for each cat plus one extra. So if you have two cats, they recommend three boxes. And keeping them really? really yes, yes. That's been a standard for years. And it's not easy. And you keep them clean. That's the other thing that I, I, I have one cat, but I, I scoop her little box twice a day. But I think I do, I do scoop them every single day. Great. Yeah, and so does. And so does the person that takes care of them when I'm gone. Good. I, so you don't think it has anything to do with, because the one that, uh, last question I have is, uh, um, the one that is, the eight-year-old was from a feral. So I call her the scaredy cat. I can pat her, and you can, I can't pick her up. She hates it. She mm -hmm. won't let me. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I do, she fights and wants to get down. Mm -hmm. The other one, the uh, the other one, as far as that goes, is a mushmallow. Okay. I can turn her upside down on my lap and rub her stomach and pat her for 30 minutes, and she's, like, happy as a clam. Right. So I was wondering if she's doing it on spite. I was wondering if she was doing it on spite because I go away, and I, go, I can go away for a week or eight days, and then the next thing I hear from the lady, and she said she's pooped for three days in a row. Well, yeah. somebody's pooped her, I right. think. Right. Yeah, I, I don't really feel the word spite. It, pets, dogs and cats don't really have that emotion. Um, I okay. think we, that's something human wise that we put on them. If you t the thing that's the major clue here to me is the mushiness. Yes, you have more than one cat, but the mushy, the the stool not having that same firm consistency to me is look at the medical side first. And okay. that's why I said in the meantime, that the, in terms of behavior, um, if it is a behavior thing, then always go with the recommendation of three litter boxes for two cats and then kind of give them some, some separate space in between them, um, sometimes even a different part of the room. But uh, that's where I, that's, you know, for my recommendation um, consultation here today, that, that's where I would start. And if you're not really don't know what cat, you know, I have people that have these, you know, little cheap cameras that are motion sensitive and the cats, when they go to the litter box, it turns on the camera and then you can tell who's doing what where okay yeah okay well all right but, I, I keep I me posted on this okay i have to take a break um ginger but i would love to have follow-up on this 
Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Sure. Thank you, Ginger. Good luck. Okay, okay bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, let me take that quick break, and then we're going to come back. I think we have got one more call. You'll be always come on back for more Pet Talk. This goes up to the underdog. Keep on keeping at what you love. You'll find that someday soon enough you will rise up, rise up, yeah. Welcome back. We have eight minutes left to Pet Talk. I love that song, by the way. Uh, This is Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And I want to thank Justin Levine for doing a fabulous job with our bumper music, which is a little bit of change, getting you kind of used to knowing when commercials are over and the show is back on. As promised, uh, we were going to take George as soon as we could. And George, you've been extremely patient. How can I help you today? Well, I had talked with you a couple of months ago about my dog's heart, and Mm -hmm. I did get a get her appointment with a cardiologist, but about three weeks ago, she woke up coughing and throwing up. Uh, I took her to the emergency room, and uh, they gave her all kinds of diuretics for her heart, and she had some fluid around her heart, but then it just happened another about two weeks ago where she was coughing and throwing up, and I took her to her regular vet, and and this time he said he thought it was kennel cough, Um, and so I didn't know, you know, because what they were telling me in the emergency room that her trachea, her heart was so enlarged that it was pushing up against her trachea and she couldn't breathe. Now, did they take x-rays at the emergency room? Yes, they took x-rays. Okay. And they just uh, they uh, just basically said there, uh, there was no uh, signs of heart failure or there was no fluid in the, in the lungs. Then why'd they put her on diuretics? I don't know. That's why the, the, the two times I had to take her there, they over-treated her. Okay. Um, and ever, ever since... She's just uh, like when uh, the, her regular vet went to take her temperature the last time and he put the thermometer in. She screamed because. Uh, so soft so, from the so diarrhea. She's, yeah, yeah, well, she has okay. diarrhea, but it's like I always it's got a lot softer since she's been on the heart medication. OK. Uh, she won't eat dry food. Hmm. Uh, but I was thinking something is going on inside her stomach because her. She will not lay in bed anymore, uh, especially weeks before uh, she had the coughing attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, I just got done with the medication for the kennel cough. But, oh. um, well, usually the kennel cough medicine, I don't know exactly what that is. And it does sound like we've got a multitude of things happening. Um, I'm glad your, your, your you know, regular veterinarian has seen her. Um, uh, but I think, you know, when I think of kennel cough medication, I kind of just think of maybe... Uh, cough suppressant, and which would help if the heart is so large it's pushing on her trachea. So that would be that would be a medication that would do help with both things and should only be helpful and not harmful. If they when they was diagnosed with kennel cough and they put her on an antibiotic, that can make the stool and sometimes the stomach, especially doxycycline if that's the one, um, it, that can. Inv- that can make the GI system a little upset, just like some people do well with certain antibiotics and not well on others. So do you remember if it was doxycycline, George? No, it was, okay. uh, began with a C, Serenia or something uh, like that. Serenia is for vomiting. That's And Convenia is an injection of antibiotic, but then there's something called Clavamox that is an antibiotic. But um, I, what I would do because I still think if that heart is enlarged and we're coughing and we have these GI signs, I, 
even if we could get that call in and see, just maybe see if they have any cancellations with the cardiologist, because I do think, as I did when, the last time we spoke, that your baby needs a specialist. And it yeah. never hurts to do that, you know, call, especially on a Monday, because that's when a lot of people will cancel for the week. Uh, and if you can get that specialist in on this a little bit earlier, because we're guessing right now, and even I'm guessing because I, I haven't put my hands on her. I haven't looked at her x-rays and things of that sort. But that would be what I would do if I was in your position. Um, yeah, I got an um, echo scheduled for October. Yeah. And I did one six months ago. And then, uh, in fact, I had an appointment with the cardiologist the day that she came out of the emergency room and we were going to check for fluid, but they had given her so much of the Lazarus, I guess that dries Lasix. up the fluid around. Lasix. Uh, yeah. And uh, my, my cardiologist was upset, and then she, they wanted me to give it for a complete week, and he, she said it would probably affect her kidneys at that point. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, who, so, who are you getting the most communication with that you feel comfortable uh, on her case right now, is it your um, your primary veterinarian, your your general? I don't know because I had seen uh, her regular primary doctor, and then she gave her some uh, amoxicillin and uh, some cough medicine. And then we left the office, and she started freaking out and coughing and choking. Yeah. So that's when I brought her to the emergency room, and then at that point, uh, I brought her to her re- another vet that's in that practice, and he. Thought it was kennel cough. Right. I'm sort of having a hard time with the veterinarians I've been taking her to. Okay, okay. Well, there's a lot. And I was going... wanted to ask you if your your place accepts new customers or not. I know, I, and I appreciate that. I, I know we're sort of booked. We are, but it, it, we're really booked out far. And yeah. and I think because this has got so many layers, I would be kind of starting all over again because that's me. I mean, that I just like pull everything back to, down to the studs, you know, especially when there's not a complete diagnosis somewhere. And I don't feel, I, I'm feeling a little anxious as I talk with you that she needs help sooner rather than later. And for me, it's all, even though there's some GI issues, amoxicillin can even cause some diarrhea. I'm saying let's, let's concentrate on that heart and lungs. And um, let's see, I would give your cardiologist a call. Um, and just say, listen, I'm, we're not in a good place. I really need to be seen and see where we were at. Because okay. the emergency room, both times I took her there, they told me I should put her down. Yeah, see, And the last time, it was just the, I believe it was just the kennel cough. So I'm just thankful I couldn't do that. Right, me too. But she seems to be doing better, but she just, like, she won't lay in bed, and she just, I don't know if she's giving up or not. I know. Uh, that's why I, you're you're making my stomach doesn't feel good, George, on this, and that's why I really want you to call the cardiologist tomorrow. Let's not because because okay. everybody else has to start all over again, even an emergency hospital, and and yeah. uh, everyone's time is limited. And I don't want to rush you even on this call, but I have to go. On the end of the show is like in five seconds, but call that yeah. cardiologist tomorrow for me, okay, George. Okay, I appreciate you talking to me again. My pleasure. Thank you. Listen, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Sorry we're on a down note, but we're going to get some help for George. Thank you for visiting with us, and we'll see you next time on Pet Talk. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.